Hi, how you getting on? Are you ready for another episode? It's time to sit back, relax, and be inspired by Trials of a Sofa Surfer. for joining me for another episode of Trials of a Sofa Surfer. I just want to start uh, by saying thank you to those who have subscribed and downloaded our episodes to date. Um, Thank you so much. I want to also thank those of you who have got back in touch with us, either via Facebook or Twitter, left a message uh, saying how much they've, they've enjoyed listening to our fabulous guests. It's a real encouragement, so thank you very much. Listen, you're in for another treat today. I don't want to say too much about Ernie, but he will take you on a roller coaster of a journey of his life. It's a touching, sad, funny, but ultimately it's a heartwarming and uplifting story about the human condition and how it isn't defined or diminished by negative experiences. So sit back, grab a coffee, get the earphones on, and enjoy Ernie's story. And I'll see you at the end. I grew up in uh, Pollock, uh, Dominside Road in Pollock. Uh, I mean, I was probably... My parents said to me that I was probably a perfect, a perfect kid that they wanted to. I was about 15. Uh, and then I just got, we went off the rails. I'd done the things that you were asked. I'd done the church, boys' brigade, everything, loved it. Loved it. Uh, I probably went with my peers, went. It was probably friends that I went with, no, and done what they'd done. Uh, I didn't smoke when I was, I didn't take drink when I was younger. Uh, they thought I was a, a right good one. And then I got, when it was probably 15 years of age, uh, I took my first sort of, it wasn't even a dry eye joint, but it was sort of blowbacks into the face where they blew the smoke into my face. And it's basically friends that I'd grew up for nursery school, primary school, and secondary school, still being the name and just done what they'd done. No, it wasn't any pressurised into it. No. So, so when would that have been? What year would that have been? Uh, 65, 65, 80. So, right, at the beginning of the 80s. Yeah, 80, 1980, right. And that led me, that probably led me on to, through time, taking other drugs, experimenting other drugs. And it was a wee comfort thing. I started to do things that I wasn't normally doing. I wasn't attending the boys' brigade anywhere. I wasn't attending... I wasn't attending things like school, you know that, because I'd, I'd been caught up with taking the hash and it, it seemed more interesting. I mean, my, my days at school, I never ever, dog school, uh, I'd been caught up in that until I actually, I was one of these guys that had to stay on to Christmas. I was a late leaver and it was only at that time that I, I sort of didn't get into school, but it's probably through being in hash and all the boys that I went to school, we had left school. Right, and I was sort of, they were off and 
wasn't going into school because I knew all my pals was sort of left and I had to stay on for another six months. No, and through that, I just, through, through the years for there, I just progressed and experimented in other drugs. Were you achieving at school prior to? I, I done well at school, well, I didn't really, so I, I, I achieved an arithmetic level, I don't even think you can get that anywhere, but uh, I got my arithmetic level, I knew I was always good at counting, uh, I managed to get out, when I came out of work, uh, my first job, I got a job in uh, Hard Tasty Paints, and I was quite fortunate that I knew one of the foremen in it, it was a sort of a relations, very good best friend, and I was getting kept on at it, and I tore the ligaments in my leg, and it was one of the YTS schemes, and uh, I tore the ligaments in my leg and some full plaster for months, and I only had a couple of weeks to go to be kept on, and the company weren't they willing, and I could understand, they weren't they willing to start me on a job where I was going to be sick for a period of time. No, even though they, they, knew, they could see it was in plaster. And through that, I was after a period, uh, it gave me possibly a housebound quite a lot, and I was just sitting about with the boys. And I've, I'm not saying that that made me experiment in drugs, but it was confined to being in the house quite a lot, and the boys coming up and doing what they'd done. So what age are we talking about there? Uh, 16. 16, yeah. 16, 17-ish, you know, uh, that period of time. Uh, I was end up t- uh, getting out and taking others. I was, I was experimenting and probably anything. Tablets came along and uh, experimenting. I didn't like them. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I say I didn't like them. No, I didn't feel comfortable. I know other people felt comfortable in them. I didn't really like tablets, uh, and then uh, sulfate came along, uh, which was a opposite tablet to me that made. You get up and it felt as if you had a bit of energy in you, up and go. Uh, it was probably for dancing and things and that. But it still, through that period of time, I still kept it smoking ash, smoking ash, smoking ash, smoking ash. And that was just a top up drug, it was weird. Uh, when I got to, up to about 20 years of age, I was experimenting with friends. Uh, I probably uh, drugs, drugs. I was at seventeen. I ended up getting a first conviction with the boys. Uh, what happened was it was a uh, hussies. It was getting renovated uh, or done up, and uh, we went. And I thought it was just young boys being mischievous, getting copper and brass. And I thought you know, because uh, it was hussies, it was done up. It wasn't the people staying them. I was done with. Uh, a, a spate of house breakings. Although it wasn't the people staying in it, he, he broke into a house, but it was caught on pipe. It was, although it was an old, an old house, and uh, it didn't, it, it didn't deteriorate. I made me change anything. Mm-hmm. It seemed quite interesting. That was being, it was born, and it was. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what pushed us towards uh, doing it. But, but when I was young. All the boys in the area would go out for apples and birds' eggs and things like that, and it was quite like a wee adrenaline sort of rush, not to do these things and find these eggs or get these apples or uh, do things like that. And, uh, and I came across doing that, getting cope on that, and then uh, I got, I got uh, lifted for that and charged for that. And I was a wee bit shocked because I only thought it was only copper and brass that was involved in, nothing as serious as that. But it didn't deteriorate, I was stopped doing it, I get moving away from friends, do you know, because these were people that I'd grew up with, Brian, when I was young, when I was a kid, through nursery, do you know what I mean? Uh, 
primary school, the secondary school, and leaving. Do you know when these were guys that I would turn to, do you know, and be able to trust and issues and things like that. And uh, through, by this time, I'm on a regular day of comes, he's taking one drug. No, uh, cannabis was always there, but it was a regular day, whether it was going to be t- topping it up with tablets, or self, ecstasy coming along or something, I would take it. No, it would, it would get to her. It was quite comfortable with that. And uh, I ended up through that. I think other people seen it. I had other friends. There was a few years, obviously, left the school, and they, they sort of broke away from me and some of my friends because they had seen there was a wee bit of carnage for them, uh, which I probably didn't notice or else. I was excited about it. No, that I, I felt it was a wee bit interesting. I liked what I was doing as much as it was wrong. Uh, and I kept on doing it. But I get when it got to about 17, just I turned 17, uh, my mother, my mother worked in a chemist uh, locally, and uh, there was Asian people at the shops beside it, and they would get uh, racial abuse off people in the area. No, and uh, they knew me because my mother worked in a chemist, and they sort of treated her as if she was a doctor. No, and uh, they came in one day, and I said to my mum, uh, "Could you tell your son's friends to uh, stop?" Annoying as much. My mum had no authorization to tell them, know that. So I don't know if it was something that my mum didn't. She asked me to say to the boys, but for some reason, a couple of days later, uh, I get I get done uh, with a breach of the peace, and I get three months, no in prison. A young boy, I was scared. I was scared as a young boy. No, it was easy to come out and go at that. Say, guys, I've done it, know that. And, came out being the ticket. No, but I, I really was scared because I didn't know it. It was if I'd love it, as I say, I'd love and care family. It was the first time I'd been took away from them. That must, that must have been a shock for them. Oh, it was a, it was a really shock for my parents. Uh, and it was a shock for me because uh, they were always there. Do you know what? My family's close. Uh, even at, even at the, the present day, at the present day, uh, as I say, I've got a brother, I've got a sister who are married, both we, yeah, One's got two kids, one's got three kids, and then I've got grandkids. There's not even a, not even a family member that smokes a cigarette in the house. And then me to bring that carnage into you. Do you know where? Uh, my ma, I remember my ma saying to me, son, where did I go wrong? And I know, I knew, no, it was never nothing to do with my ma going wrong. It was always me that went wrong. Uh, but you, you, you just said uh, a minute or so ago, it was a loving family, so it was a, oh, a, a loving environment growing up. Oh, definitely. Uh, it's always, always, always try to do the best for us. Uh, people, the, the people, uh, I'd seen friends that had family struggles. Uh, I had relations that uh, my cousin, his father, was an alcoholic and seen how they were living. There was nothing, nothing like that. Uh, my dad just went out, he earned, he, he worked in group once in a while. Uh, Sang a wee song when he came down the road once in a blue moon. It's just the normal things that don't you don't see happening nowadays. But uh, myself, uh, I knew I always had a loving family. It was all. I was, I was, my man, that even up to this day, would never ever want to put me out of house or anything. They would always be there for his supporting his wise. And it's maybe maybe a wrong thing. He should have said he should have had bad love on us for what I done through my life. But uh, even at this present day, there's love there for my family. No, uh, but after that, after being at prison for 17 and I'm being honest here 
I was, I was really frightened as a wee boy getting in there because it was nobody there. I had no friends that I had run about us all my times and uh, getting into prison, no knowing what to expect. And see, I came out and uh, I don't know how it didn't deter me. I don't know how that didn't deter me. But I just get back into the same role again. Uh, and then uh, somebody brought a, a bit of heroin away. And uh, I'd say for, for, for heroin, that's when the whole that's when it crashed. This is when the whole world crashed. No, so for me. Seventeen, you were. At that 18, point. Eighteen. 18. So when, when you came out, in prison, where you were, were there any support mechanisms there? With was no, you know, social no work support, or no, no, they, they, anything in prison? They just tell you got to a social worker. They told me to go to a social worker, but uh, so what was the reason for that? It was a sort of... Could, could you go back home to, to your parents? I could, get back, I could get back home to my parents, but what it was was, uh, when you came out of there, they just wanted to give you a wee sort of, see what you're up to, what have you got gone for you and all that. And uh, I, I'd sort of knew that. See when, I, see, when I came away from this place, the wee guy wasn't scared. It was scared. wasn't scared anymore because I was felt safe because I was back in my own area. And I was back about people that I was that I knew on a daily basis, I was surrounded by people. And uh, the support they probably gave me, I didn't listen to it. No, why don't you try this and why don't you try this? And I would say no, and mm, I would go somewhere else or I'd put it off and I'd give excuses. No, because uh, I just wanted to do what my friends were doing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I felt more farty. Was, was there any suggestion that because you'd been away, and you had a, now a criminal record right. that that was going to hamper you for employment. Or? I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I didn't think of that. No, uh, being young, probably I did, you're not going to be. You're not, personally, I wouldn't admit to be naive, stupid, no, whatever. But yeah, do you know what I mean? The reality is, we are every every single one is at that age. We are. We are. We are yeah. I definitely, yeah. we are. And uh, I wouldn't admit it. Yeah. When I was seventeen, eighteen. Uh, I like to think I know everything and know nothing. Really deep down. Yeah. No, uh, if I get it, the only guidance that I would take is if it's totally, totally beneficial to me. Totally, 100% beneficial. If it doesn't seem beneficial, if I need to go and see about something that I wouldn't know the answer to, that I probably wouldn't have went to. If it was I can confirm this is going to work in your favour, yeah. I, I would go to it. But uh, but 18, I, I met a lassie, I met a girl. Uh, and I had a, quite a solid relationship, but she knew that I'd, I'd smoked cannabis, but she didn't know anything about the hard drugs. Uh, she came from a background where she, ne- uh, she never had a father. Her father left her when she was young. Her mother was a wee bit an alcoholic. She was out on a daily basis. She was the oldest. She had two brothers. And uh, really, uh, to be honest, when I look back now, she never got love. She never had a father to love her. Uh, and then she met me. Uh, and probably being a young boy and getting a cuddle and showing her a bit of attention, she she thought she had fun fun loving us. But as I say, she never knew that I took heroin and I could see things like that and I did like the lassie. And uh, I sort of tried to hide it, tried to hide it. But a couple of times uh, it, it broke her heart. She, she obviously seen us taking it uh, by this time. And uh, she fell pregnant when, she, when I was 20. No, and... Uh, at that time, I she she made the choice. I can't do this. I can't because she never had 
I feared I was disease and a mother. She could really turn into. She was probably the last that had to make her own decisions in life. Which you would know, have been tough. Which would have been tough. I know, yeah. and I totally understand that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I watched my wee boy, you know. I wasn't really bad. I was, I took heroin. No, but I wasn't as bad as what I was in other periods of life. No, but she probably seen something at the start and says, I can't get through with this. No, and uh, I had to leave. She asked us to leave him. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, so, uh, so were you were you living together at that point? Uh, we were living together. We we'd, we'd managed to get a house, uh, which was local. It was still right beside my family. Do you know what I mean? Uh, we were still in the same area, the same scheme, the same what. Uh, and and I, I, I assume you, you you weren't working or I wasn't. No, I was working. Oh, I was right, one. Right. I was managing to hold in a, a job. I worked in a place in Glasgow City Centre. It's called the Rock Garden. It was a pub. And uh, remember it well. I worked in there, I worked in there for years. Uh, my friend was a manager here. No, and, uh, so what year would that have been? No, it would have been 85. 85, yeah. 85, yeah. I was in there, aye. But 85, I'd have been in there, aye. It's 20, aye. But, uh, and through that... Your paths met across. Definitely, Brian, definitely. <laughs> if it was in the rock garden, I reckon. See, see, the thing was, we'd been in the rock garden, it was a place... Uh, if you've been in it yourself, yeah. it, it was an in place. It was an it in was. place, definitely an in place. But through working in it, what happened was I used to just, I, I would work for 95, do you know what I mean? And I would get home. Yeah. I wouldn't go uh, to the night time or at the weekend because it was just a workplace to me. Yeah. But I did notice it was, I, I did notice it was the in place, yeah. no furries. And a couple of times I would go up into that. Uh, and one of the boys asked us, I think he's seen us getting a wee bit. A wee a bit, no, on drugs, no. And it was a friend that hadn't took heroin. He just took a wee bit of hash and says, do you want to go to Jersey? He's got relations with there that can go to Jersey. And I think, I really think the guy was trying to help us. Do you know what I mean? To get away from Because he, he's seen, like, he's not really far into it. He's no, he could maybe pull it back here if he got away here. And uh, I went out to Jersey for a, a few months. No, but uh, I got a wee bit homesick. Yeah, I really did. No, and went back. I don't know if it was a homesick because uh, I wasn't taking heroin anymore. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so this was a, a positive thing to... It was a po- totally a positive thing. To, to be abstinent and, and totally get clean and guys. Aye, and, aye, and uh, get and work. Do you know what I mean? We're doing a sort of landscape and uh, doing the odd jobs, you know, for the guys in the yeah. hotel because he's got, these relations had been out there for a period of time that they knew people that sort of put us on to it. No, uh, so... I ended up coming back uh, to him to my, my, uh, my mum's. And during that, I'd st- still broke up with my partner. Still broke up with my partner. I was having a wee bit tough times and no seeing my boy in that. Uh, and I get back into being with the boys and that again. Uh, and jail wasn't, jail wasn't a hang me anywhere. It was getting in me constant demands and it wasn't a... It, it, I wasn't fr- it wasn't as if I was frightened, I just didn't want to go there because it was falling in quite, pers- quite persistently. I was getting the, the jail and my family was quite, as I say, I loved this, right? It's quite hot and angry, do you know what I mean? But uh, You, you was, were hot and angry? My family was hot and angry. They were hot and angry, but I knew, uh, I knew the love was there. Yeah. I knew the love was there, Brian, and I knew that it would always, it would always want this, no matter what. Were there any feelings? Did you have any feelings at that time? You know, did did you resent them or? 
Well, when you know, what, what, was, what was your your motivation? What was your drive for doing what you were doing? I like drugs, pure and simple. For drugs, uh, and trying to get money to get. I was trying to get to a standard that I could never get to. I was trying to be able to be the millionaire of your night, if you want to be, if you call it that. Maybe not as much as a millionaire, but it's, I wanted, I wanted a motor. I wanted to have all the clothes, and I wanted to have all the drugs tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? I wanted all this yeah. the next day, and it was never going to happen. But uh, it was a, it was a thing that was in my head that, and I had all this love and care. Do you know what I mean? That, but I think the addiction. I didn't realise. I didn't. I've, I've mentioned this. Uh, at present, I, I managed to go to fellowships, and I've mentioned this in a fellowship that I go to. Uh, I never knew I was an addict. I, I was probably an addict for the first time I picked up a drug, but I never knew it. I was an addict because there was no name for an addict when you were to, to me. There was no name for somebody who smoked hash or took ecstasy or took cocaine or took uh, heroin. But when it came to, uh, it, 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 sorry, when it came to heroin, you were new refined as a junkie. And that's when that word came confined to me, that's when I say shit, shit street. Need people are noticing this now because you never seem to notice it, or maybe they did, they, but they never ever questioned this in any way when I took other drugs. It was when I took heroin, that's when the whole world seemed to go against us. Yeah, yeah it seemed mm. to be when, when that kind of I don't know if it was an influx, but you know, when that yeah. came into the city, you know, I remember at the same sort of right. time period that was, yeah, that, right. I suppose that was the perception, and there was a then I went, see, like, see, looking back now, we were talking earlier on, Brian. There was a time that I probably definitely had a path and it, it could have went right for us. And I took the, I, I chose the right one. Me and uh, my, my partner that I had the kids to, his friend's man was selling everything in the house. So I worked in everything and I felt so sad for him. Even though I was probably doing these things, I felt rotten for somebody else. And, uh, the guy wanted to go to London, uh, doing his sorry to work, and uh, he asked me to come with him. And I says I would. I was doing it for the sake of getting a last year break. She was ready to take a nervous break, and I sort of I liked her as a friend because it was my my ex partner's friend. And that night, see that, see the night before I was going to go down, the manager of the rock garden that I worked in can buy in a motor, bearing in mind these, there was no phones, mobiles years ago, when I was 20, that's 30, 33 years ago, no, it just, he was, was passing by in Pollock, we, believe it or not, it was, he has a good friend of mine, Tommy Flanagan, he's in a lot of films, a guy with a scarred face, he's in Braveheart and that, Tommy's a good friend of mine, but they had stopped, they had stopped his, in a car, and it was that night I was going to, uh, doing to, sorry, doing London, and said to him, uh, listen, I'm trying to get a hold of you on the phone. We can't get your number. There's a job for you to start the morning in the tunnel. It's a nightclub. It yeah. used to be in the tunnel. Yeah. But it hadn't opened yet. The tunnel hadn't opened. But you had to, it was weeks prior to it, to get the build up, get the hanging done, uh, get this and get that done. And uh, honestly, he says, look, I can't really give you a week or whatever to make a decision on it. It has to be. No. Can you do it? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Pretty much no. And see my head, my head, honestly, I was dying to do it. And then I'm saying to myself, the carnage, ah, she's going through it, she's breaking, doing, taking him away and just giving her a break. Do you know what I mean? Uh, 
And it's uh, it's, all my, it's all my choices. I, I made the choice, Brian. I, I really did make the choice. I really did. So I'm looking back. I've looked back plenty of times, and I'll probably still look more at that and see what if I'd, I'd I took that. Because when I was in the rock garden, I was running about people that hadn't took all the heroin and all that. They were sort of studenty type, if you know what I mean. No, and uh, I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. I was gutted. But uh, a funny thing happened through that. What happened was a year later, I rang a line. The job that I was going to take, <laughs> believe it or not, I was in the cellars and doing, ke uh, doing the kegs, putting kegs in that one. And the guy had done that. Had a pair of cut down shorts and it was in a cellar underneath it, so the kegs come down, go into a mat and go down to it. Mm -hmm. And the guy had a grazed knee and he's kneeled down to get a keg, right? And what he's done, his, his knees went into rats' urine, no? And it's uh, the wheels disease, yeah. right? And the guy died from it. My goodness. No, he, he died yeah. through that, but uh, I'm no, I wouldn't have had cut downs, I wouldn't have done that, no, but. Uh, that was the, thing I, the only thing I went, God, thank God, that would have been me. But it was a, that was a turning point for me, Brian, in a case that I looked at it and went like that. What if, that was probably a what if in life. Because I, I had people there that was preparing to geese work. And the merit, the merit, see the merit I was getting involved in here and the last chance that I was getting to work, nobody wanted to employ me. Mm -hmm. Friends that would get me work wasn't wanting to employ me. Yeah. Because they could they trust us. Am I going to appear at work? Yeah. Am I going to... My dependency had no two hours that I'd make him. No, it was... I had to rely on, on drugs. And that, that probably happened for years and years that it was an, a, a day that... I, I've mentioned this a few times. My dependency, addiction to drugs, uh, gave us an addiction that I had to make uh, day crime, which I didn't want to do, regardless of the identity. Had commit crimes. I had to do it if I wanted to keep a dependency on drugs. Then, so a lot of times, what I've ever done, I had to do it because I'd done it for drugs. It's like I regret it. Totally regret it. Uh, it's been, uh, it's been said to us because I get brought up with morals from my mother and father, and not to hurt kids, all people and ladies. Do you know what I mean? We know when to stand up for ourselves, no, as a person, but not to hurt these people. And I know through my drugs. Through drug use, it get broke down to uh, through other people that along the way that I have hurt all people, that I have hurt kids, and I have, I have hurt uh, ladies. Uh, no physically, mentally, somewhere along the line. I've by your actions. By your actions, yeah. what I was doing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, and it's, it quite, it's a quite a hot thing. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I can look back and maybe say to myself, I've, I've never physically hurt them, but they could have been hurt uh, ten times worse mentally but uh, through that through my drug addiction I was in and out of prison I couldn't stop I couldn't stop uh, and 20 years ago I had two friends that was uh, addicted to drugs I took drugs we had done things we and they found a fellowship they found a fellowship and they brought me along here no, and I wasn't I wasn't ready I was saying to myself this is not for me I was gone with them I didn't see what they could see in it no uh now I understand that it was a close friend they wanted me to get what they'd got yeah. a bit of abstinence and a bit of clean time and uh, I went to these meetings and right after they, they came to the meeting I would go and get dogs that night no, uh, they would come up for us the next day and it happened for about 8 to 10 days solid mm -hmm. no, and I, I think they knew because they were just still trying to push us through it and I turned around and says it's not for me 
Do you know what I mean? If I'm ready, I'm ready. And the funny thing is, we need to... See, when I, did, when I was ready, see, 20 years later, I know, 17 years later, they were the two guys that I went to and put my horns up and went, listen, I'm in trouble. No, I'm so I'm fucked. I said, if you want to call it, surrender. I surrender. I need a hand here. And at that time, in the outside, it looked all right because uh, I'd been put on a methadone programme. Uh, the methadone programme was, I was told it was only for a short period of time, it was for 18 years. Uh, had a period in time my brother and my brother-in-law who worked for a company had a bit of trust in us and got us a start in the building trade and uh, there was a couple of times where uh, my brother-in-law and my brother would send us home because I was intoxicated with drugs and uh, and I played on it I actually played on it because as my brother was a foreman uh, my brother-in-law was a supervisor and when they sent us home I was getting paid no, so sometimes it was a wee bit humiliating getting front of sent in front of people and sending the same. Now my addiction had caught up with at this time and uh sometimes I was looking forward. I was going in, I was following this the drugs and then going in here and then they were like straight up the road. And I'd get out five minutes of humiliation, and then that was me, I was happy because I could get spend time to take drugs and uh, I was getting paid for it that day. So when when was this what, what time period? This would be yeah, it was in ninety five. 2005, this is maybe about 2000 onwards, to up to uh, 2015. No, I was in and out of these yeah. places, but they, they, what they would do is they would take us away to places. See, if there was jobs that we had to work away, they would take us away because they would feel it's more secure for me. And I think, and it's a, it's a sad thing for me to say, I think it was for my mum's benefit as well. Mm. Do you know what my brand, my brand was like, I need to take my baby, give me a bit of money, be my happy and all that. Uh, but I just I couldn't hold on to it. And then I came to, I came to a time that I got a long time uh, prison sentence. Uh, I was going out and doing things. It was going out and robbing places and getting into places that I shouldn't be, be doing. And uh, I got a period of six and a half years in prison. Yeah. And my man, I thought the terrorist, no, by this time. And I met, actually I met a lassie that was way, uh, 30 years ago, believe it or not. Uh, I'm now with Brian. Now the lassie I'm wearing now. Yeah. And what happened, she had to leave us through drugs. Through drugs. She didn't understand it at the time. Uh, she's been to fellowship. I mean, she understands now that the power of the drug. I didn't understand this as well. I didn't understand the power of the drugs. I just, my, my, my thoughts was one day you'll wake up, you'll feel better, and it'll be mm, away. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? In that that so, twenty weeks. So I think that's the the thing. I mean, you've said yourself, you didn't, you, you know, you don't understand Definitely. that power uh, of drugs, but you, you, I think you've kind of hit maybe a wee nail on the head there. Aye. You've somewhere in the back of your mind, you're thinking one day I'll wake up and it'll all be better. Aye. Definitely. I, I mean, I don't think I've heard that phrase before. No, That's an interesting phrase. Aye, what it is is, what stops us? What I didn't know, I didn't know. I didn't know there's places it can help you if you really, really want it. But uh, deep down, that was my wish. That was my wish. One day you'll wake up and you'll know once it. Because every day, every day for pff, decades, uh, it was in my head uh, when I was on the drug, I need to get off of this. I'm sick of this, I'm sick of this. Waiting up the next day, withdrawing or feeling terrible, 
my dependency needed to get it and having the same saying the same things every day. I need to get off this. I need to get off this. Yeah. It was it was mind it was then it was really, really doing my head in and I didn't know. I didn't I really I was it was really a wish to wait not one day and it was two away from But it'd been going on for a lot a lot a lot of years. And what happened was as I say, I had the job, I had everything. I had, the, I had the flat, I had done up really nice, I had it local, nice area and everything. For outside, for outside somebody looking at us, other addicts, I, I know other addicts because they tell us since then, they were sort of jealous that they, they'd seen us in the works vans and all that, and picked up with the OVs and working on a building site, rehearse money, everything. But I was torn, because mere money to me was more dangerous to me. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I'm, I'm my, my worst, I'm my, I'm my, my, my worst man of myself. Do you know what I mean? My own company's a bad company. Do you know what I mean? And uh, it, it so happened after a period of time. I remember it, it was my fiftieth. Quite fortunate because I'd lost a lot of friends, and it was a, I'd nae through through taking drugs. I'd nae emotions. To, when a when a person that close to his died, they just died. That was a I'd nae nae bereavement and it's to go. Right, he's away, and that's a, it. Was as easy as pie as that. As, as sad as I'm saying that, that's how easy a feeling it was. These are just away, and uh, it ended up. Uh, I went to my fiftieth, and the guys that had brought me to the meeting twenty year ago, of close friends, they came along to my fiftieth, and uh, I had a friend that, uh, I, I, you know, I think he's passed away now. Uh, he never never took drugs. Uh, he never never smoked a cigarette and the guy got motor neuron he was younger than his and he was confined to a wheelchair and he was walking through a like a computerised thing it was on his chair came along to my party and see that that wee second that wee second looking at him and going do you know what he's never ever done what I've done right and look at him do you know what I mean and I'm here and I've done what I've done and that guy's in agony so it's, it was inspiring you then. It, oh, was, it, was, it was an inspiration. Just see how lucky yeah, you to yeah. be with you, and you yeah. look at him. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was a sad moment, and yeah. it was. I don't know. I don't, Brian. As much as it may seem crazy, see, see the whole moment is right. Something's came. Is I don't know. I, I really, somebody could put things to us, and I, I, I couldn't even answer it. No, if it was, so, if they say a higher power, a god or whatever. But see that moment. See that moment. What happened was. Uh, I seen that right, and then the guys companies. And it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't supposed. This wasn't supposed to happen, but it happened. They asked me on my birthday, "How are you?" Do you know what I mean? So someday, personally, someday at fifty, and it's their part. They're do, and it's all just your pals. It wasn't females nor that. There, you would think they'd be like, oh, "Yeah, it's a brand new, nice to see you." Know that, but my hands went fucked. Sorry for swearing, but I was snookered. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm gubbed. I'm uh, done in. No, and they, they knew what I meant by that. No, uh, and they went, are you, are you really done in? Is it, are you done in because you've no got drugs? Are you done in because you're, re- you're done in because you're finished with it? And that, this is probably the first time in all my life at 50 years of age that I turned around and went, like, I am finished. I really want to be finished, but I can't. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's killing me having to carry on here. No, and uh, one of them worked in the social work department and, and it had a few contacts because it was quite fortunate. They all say in the right place at the right time. That was that was probably 
when it was for me and a way, Brian. And he says, uh, well, we'll take you to a meeting if you want to go to it. Which they did come up. Uh, and I remember him coming to the meeting. We was, and they'd been a lot of years cleaning. We got to a place in the Gorbals to go to the meeting. And we stoked with the car and the guy going, like, do you want to get in here? Do you want to go in? And I went, aye. And, they, and he says, right, open the door and go in. And I went, right, Mon. And they went, no, you're going in yourself. Do you know what I mean? If you really want it, you're going to go in there. And they seen the hesitancy in his. And I don't know. I do not know. I never ever asked them this. But uh, they went, the two of them came out and came into the meeting ways. And when I went into that meeting, I seen people in a fellowship that I'd seen for prison. I'd seen, and I'd seen a difference in them. They were sort of happy and welcoming and all that and good to see me. Uh, and I felt a wee bit secure. No, and it was quite... The, what, the big guy that worked in the social work department who knew people, knew there was a place for his, and uh, he's seen about treatment centres and all that, which I didn't know that, because we don't know what you don't know out there. Yeah. And uh, he asked us, would I go into this place or that place? And I felt, see if it was too near home, there's a chance I could leave it. Do you know what I mean? And uh, because of my dad, I knew, I knew that, because it was... Really, I was lucky to be alive. I didn't realise how lucky I'd be alive with the people running about us had died and I was t- doing the same things as him. And he managed to get us a place, uh, Tinnerbrook, uh, which I'd never, ever heard of. So I went away up to this. Uh, but this time I'm working. I'm working, I'm holding doing a job. And uh, I, went, I was doing fellowship meetings and I met this big guy. He was a manager of Tinnerbrook. And he asked us... Uh, how much do you want this? No, how much do you want to be clean? And I, I and I remember definitely saying to him, I know that you take one step back to get take a step forward. Mm-hmm. This is well, I'm prepared to take two or three steps back to get that one step. And uh, when he heard it, uh, I was I was working. He says, well, you couldn't get into this place because it's a beneficial it pays it's a housing benefit and all that. Uh, I'd need to give up my job. No, now that was on the Sunday. He, he asked us on that, so I went into work on the Monday. And bearing in mind, I think at the end of the work knows. I think I'm so yeah. caught up in drugs. Uh-huh. At the end of the, the work knows that I'm an addict. You're I'm hiding hating, it well. I'm hiding it well. Uh, and what happened was, uh, I went into the work and I said to the wee guy, it was my uh, four minute of time because my bra was on an odd job. And it was quite, it was a wee bit emotional. I know that I broke down or anything, but the guy gave us a cuddle and went, oh, brilliant, I'm so happy for you. No, I'm really, really so happy. If I can do anything for you, I'll even pay you your wages until you're wow. in there for a bit. And I didn't want that because I didn't want him to get into trouble. A lovely gesture. A, a, a totally lovely gesture, Brian. No, and uh, the, the, the guy's got to know about it because he went in and he pulled him all out and he says, listen, Ernie's going to go into see this guy about treatment and all that, and he meant has to get his, his job up and all that. Uh, and I managed to, that was the Monday, I was peed off on the Wednesday, uh, and I phoned the guy up for the treatment centre uh, on the Wednesday, and he had us in the Sunday, right away. And I went in on it, I went in on the 20th of December 2015, into the place in Tinnerbrook. What I liked about it, Brian, was, uh, it, it's 20... 25 mile for Dunham. So you're, you're actually 25 mile away from a traffic light. Mm-hmm. It's already country roads and all yeah, that. Yeah. So see if you wanted to leave it. They tell you when you go in there, if you want to leave, leave. 
but nobody's running you up the road. And there's only two buses in the place. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it made it, it, it never made it hard. It made it easier for me. If anything, it made it easier. No beautiful surroundings and things like that. Uh, that yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a stunning part of the world. Oh, definitely. And where it, where, where it was for me, Brian, was like, you're getting an opportunity here. You want it. Yeah. You really want it. Uh, and I had built up a lot of people's hopes. I built up my daughters. I built up my sons. My, my mother, my father, my sister, and all that. They were all bringing down. They all broke down. Uh, a few of them, for me, just getting in there. They were so happy to see me taking a break in life. No, uh, and I managed. I managed in there for it. It was rough. It was. It was uh, bad going through uh, the drug king and all that. Uh, and I was frozen for months because of dependency on. But this time I was taking everything. No, everything and anything. It was one of the addicts. You just gave him it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, although people looked at me and seen as that I had a job and all that. Yeah. I was. Pro- I was at my worst. I yeah. would say no. And. Uh, when I face it, you were presenting really well. I was presenting But well. inside, you were in turmoil. Aye. Where it was, is people seeing your work van where it, I think a lot of guys, men, men, like the building trade. No, yeah. if you're a... When I was a wee boy, if you worked in the building trade, you were a man. Do you know what I mean? A man yeah. who worked in a building trade, the dirty boots and a dirty shirt and everything, and a lot of people seen that, they were working. No, they yeah. would go like that to yourself, God, he's getting that, how's he got that? And yeah. coming to him in a company van and coming out with the money and maybe, maybe buying the odd T-shirt and things like that. And going like that. He's, but he hadn't done anything. He hadn't done anything for this. But I managed, I managed to stay in there to, to June where that's where I, I'd felt that I'd, I'd done enough in there. And for a period of time in there, for three months onwards, I was saying to myself, because I always, my mother always put a phrase to us, for anybody being hurt, that's some mother's son or some mother's daughter. Sure. Do you know what I mean? And I always yes. feel that. Do you know what I mean? Now, Dave Ryan, see when, I, see when I see somebody getting hurt or something, somebody doing all go like that, that, we can easily say it's some fathers. Do you know what I mean? But it's always going to be a mother's. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's always going to be a mother's son or daughter. Yeah. And I had that in my head for a, a few months. Look, I'm stoking some other mother's son for getting in here. And what that place he's done for me, it could do for some other mother's son. So it was a, a success I mean? then? It was a success, Brian. I, and that, at that time, uh, I managed to come out there. I'd, I'd heard of this, I'd heard of the arts in Brighton, this place, through people who had already been in there. Uh, I managed to stay overnight, seeing it and seeing it, and I felt it was a great place. No, uh, so what was the reason for for that but what, what what drew you to the arch uh, what, what, what I really liked about the arch I mean as I say is I, 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 I stayed in Port all my days and uh, it's the south side of the city no and uh, I, I know deep in myself that I had to move away from Port right? uh, even if I stopped taking it I know the addict would have still came to my house on a daily basis even yeah. if I had to chase him no and whatever you'd yeah. still get him because they're an addict so when just going back slightly when you left your employment. Aye. You had a flat at that time. Aye. So what happened with that flat? Why could you not have went back to your okay. flat? What happened was uh, through guidance of people in the treatment centre, they turned in and said, is it really a good thing? Oh, yeah. 
Noi Altesi calmi di noi problemi di accogliere la vita, la famiglia di noi, noi a drogting. E so, vi devi do una vita. So, you're, you're flat in, in Pollock? Was it, it was, was in Pollock, I right beside my parents and I, and I did, I did cause the bit. Well, obviously there's some carnage. I would say no as bad as a lot of others, but uh, there was carnage. Yeah. Just to draw any attention that we'd see my ma. So you felt it as a clean slate? A clean slate, totally a clean slate that I had to move out with it. And people, there's people that had been in Tinnerbrook prior to me, right, that I'd met at fellowship meetings that were now in this place, and they spoke highly, very highly, and the staff had said how well these people were doing, and managing to come into it, here and stay with it. one of my friends. Do you know what I mean? A few times in it, and uh, it was it was nice and com- it was comfortable. It was clean everything for me. Yeah, uh, it was getting a it was a, a chance if I could get in there. It was getting a chance in life. Even as bad as it may sound, even a lesson where it was where I was in life. No, even even that's that's how much I was wanting to grasp at that. Do you know what I mean? Even if it, it wasn't as bad as what I had in life. No, when I was before I went into treatment, even if I could bring that down, no get, just I never ever thought that I would get away from dogs and clean. I never ever thought, do you know what I mean? I never ever thought. As I say, as I thought it was one day you wake up and something will happen. No, and it never ever. But uh, just getting that opportunity and uh, coming into a place at the here and being in about clean people and people that was going to help me when I came into this place, Brian, and go to fellowship means was go as a group. You know what I mean? I never had time to sort of sit down and isolate and that. There's people there uh, in support that I got for you in here, through staff and that as well, for you coming in. No one getting to know people, no one here. Uh, I was comfortable with it. I, I looked forward to actually getting in here. And then when I could tell you to come in, I was so over the moon. And how long were you in the arch? Nine months. Nine months it was in there. Okay, honestly, a great, great, great nine months. Great, great nine months. Uh, I can march uh, it to 10, 10. Really, honestly, I'm not just saying it for the English to G anybody up. No, definitely. No, when I hear other people in other places uh, that, they, that they've got, and it's no got, it's no got a patch on it. Uh, and it's not, it's, I, I've, I've, I've spoke to people, I've actually spoke to people that's been out of this place, that's left it through some wrong reasons or doing something bad, they've had to leave, and they realise, what a mistake, <laughs> what a mistake, no, what they're into now, or what they've left, because of what they've never done right, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? And all I was, always tell was, love, basically come in here, love life, dear means, dear normal things that you do in life, and you go on, do you know what I mean? If you do things that we, if you do things that uh, take drugs and take things, you're not allowed to do that in your own house. You take that in here. You say all the right things to do. And I totally understand that. Because what you can do in your own house, you certainly can do in here yeah. as well. No. But uh, coming into here, I got a growth. Because I was in town, I, broke, I wasn't managing to do fellowship meetings. No. Because uh, it was a waste of four. I was only getting like two a week. But I had a. a when I was in here, there was a group of guys, there was maybe, uh, there was at least sixes, out of 12 people that was in here, that was going to a fellowship meeting at one time, Brian, if you remember it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There was at least sixes, 
no, and it was good, all going away together, and all coming back together. And I managed, through that as well, I managed to get into a wee recovery thing. It was a daily product, a daily thing. It was a, a recovery cafe. You're helping out sitting with other addicts, it's, it's telling your experience, your strength, and what you hope for, and all that. And uh, did meetings in there, uh, volunteering, put stuff by, helping other volunteers, helping with food, etc. And through that, I managed to do wee courses on a daily, daily basis. And, I didn't really, I didn't really understand it at first, but it did. It kicked in. It sank in. It was the whole idea. That I thought just to keep me clean company was good enough. Do you know what I mean? That's that's good enough. But what they tell us as well is keep yourself occupied. Maybe somebody that you're waiting and see if you can go your by yourself. It's making it easier on yourself as well. Do you know what I mean? Uh, that's it's made it easier for me. Uh, I came out. Uh, I came out of there and I sustained a period of time, over a year, yeah, of being clean. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and see, the thing is, I, I was staying in a recovery meeting into a place in the Edisky House where it was addicts and it was uh, alcoholics. Do you know what I mean? It was in it. I used to take a meeting in it every week, chair a meeting in it, take something in his brain. And uh, I remember it. I see, this is quite a crucial bit. For me in my life, that this guy said this to us, right? And then uh, I always seem to mention this to people. I was in this meeting and uh, I was sitting, I was sitting as an ordinary person would be, and I was judgmental because there's people there and the and there was a guy that was there, he's sort of red hair, red nose, no, an alcoholic. He was the guy was nice, he had, had a period of clean time, he was a drinking. So, to today with the meeting, I've spoke about it. and. Uh, I opened the meeting up and let the guys talk about it. And this guy's come in. And, uh, bear in mind, I didn't think he'd anything he offered me. They would be enhancing me, do you know what I mean? And the guy turned around and says, uh, we're only an excuse I got away from using a drug or drink. No one see that, that stuck to me. Right, to this, to, right to the present while I'm saying it, that's it, that stuck to me. We use an excuse to use. When you don't use, you use because you want to use. Yeah. It's only people use an excuse, do you know what I mean? And see, when I sat back and thought about that, I went, by the way, it's 100%, yeah. right? Because what happens is, Brian, if it's like you turning around saying to me, what did you use for? Oh, uh, the cat get knocked down in my head. I've had the cat for years. Or else, uh, oh, I've done my leg and oh, my head's bursting. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're waiting on that. Sure. You're waiting on that answer. Using, using everyday is, life is, is aye, an excuse to... Aye, but to, the true yeah. answer is, you're wanting to use. Yeah. And it sounds cheeky, see, like, so you turn around and go to that to me, and it's... But that's reality. It's, it's totally me, I'm like, God, man. That's how simple it is. If you turn around to me expecting... Probably I would expect an excuse, Brian. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What did you use? Because I fell down the stairs, or else think they passed away, or... You're expecting that. But for me to turn into you, Brian, go, because I wanted to. It sounds it sounds as if I'm being abrupt. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A wee bit cheeky. And that, just that wee sort of ching, you no, know, for that guy telling oh. me that, it stayed in me. And going like that, listen, that's how far, that's how close it is to using an excuse. Nothing else, just an excuse, because if you want to use whatever you want to do, you do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and through that, it's always led on, isn't it? And I go to wee things, you know. I go to wee, I go to meetings, you know, fellowships, you know, and they give you things for, for having clean time. And I remember somebody, 
getting a, a wee key ring, coming into a meeting, and the guy getting the, the guy the key ring, going like that to him, right mate, you've earned it for walking through the door. No, that sounded good to me. You just for walking through a door, you have earned it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, take care of that, and that'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. Do you know wee things like that? Sure. Wee, wee three words, Brian, can mean a lot more to me than a, a half an hour. Somebody telling you about their lives. Do you know what I mean? So what's today for Ernie? Today, uh, I can only today I can only keep in uh, which I do keep in with my fellowship. Uh, my ma, my mother, and that's happy. Where am I? No. Totally grateful where the arts and everything they use it and coming in here and being able to sit with staff and for it and guys that I know in the arts and doing my fellowship meetings at night. Do you know what I mean? And you've got a house. I've got a I've got a house through through the arts. Uh, love it. Love the area. What totally love the area. Love the area. It's so handy for us. Uh, Twelve minutes. I managed. I managed to walk it from Arts and Spencers. Walk it. For Martin Spencer's to hear You're short the Martin Spencer's. No, I know. I, 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 was, I, was, I was I was in a bus and it was frozen. Fantastic. Right? And what happened was it said twelve minutes and I said, Do you know what? I'm just going to walk and I was here. Yeah. I was I was at here before I, and it's so handy for me there's a train. And the thing is, uh, the train's right beside us. It's so handy, Brian, that I can get to Pollock, well Moss Park, mm. which is right beside Linton Hall yeah. Road, uh for a train for here, it's central to the central area. In minutes, I can get into port in 20, 20 minutes for here in a train. So it sounds like life life is oh, good for you today. Definitely, Brian. Definitely. I'm so, I'm, I'm, really, really. Uh, if there's anywhere, anywhere that I'm so grateful, there's there's two places that are probably grateful uh, in the past and the present. It's probably Tinnerbrook for giving us the opportunity to get a wee bit better in my life, to get better in my life, but just to, what I was looking for, Brian, was even, just give me something better than where I'm yeah. at, do you know yeah. what I mean? And, the arts, do you know what I mean? For giving us the opportunity and saying, listen here, and a wee flat for you, and a wee start for you, just do what you're doing, I'll, I'll be totally grateful for that, and, uh, and then it's that every day, I'm grateful that I've got a, fel- a fellowship there, that I can go to, and go to support, because I've met a lot of people, uh, out with, out with drugs. Do you know what I mean? It's had the same sort of life as me. So what's the future? Are you looking for employment, or will, education? Or? I will. I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to do education. Uh, I'm going to do education. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You know, uh, to get back to work uh, at, at present. Do you know what I mean? I, th- I think I you know. I should at least another year. I should be concentrating on because I've had. I've had a. A wee hiccup, but I want to have that stability in his. Look, you've got it. You've yeah. got it set. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Don't want to go that wee talk back and wee straight up wee talk back. I want to be there. That right, you've got it. Your head set. Your yeah. your mind's in me. No, and it's the only thing about is it's phone is up on a daily basis. No, you see if you're okay and things like that. And go, ah, just stay. Do what you're doing. Do what you're doing. Do what you're doing. No. So finally, it's been. A fantastic chat with Yanni. Uh, although I think you've done most of the chatting. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's been great. Um, <laughs> finally, what piece of advice would you give to anybody who's maybe listening to this who's been in a similar situation or is currently in a situation where, you know, where they feel that there's no way to turn? Uh, if there's anybody out there, it's honestly, honestly, 
in uh, I, I sat here in a, I sat, I sat uh, in a position, I sat and criticised people. It was clean. It's you no know, one saying to myself, they have no went through the life that I've went through. They have no done this. They have no done that. But it came a point for me where I had to, it's, it, there's a fellowship meeting. Uh, it's, and it, for me personally, it was called Narcotics Anonymous. It's gone to a meeting there and you can get into places that there is treatments. And through leading on to treatment, that led me into a place that I've got I'm at, where I'm doing it with Brian and uh, the arts, and it, it got me back to being away from drugs. It got us back to being in a house, and it got us back to being my normal self uh, through going to a fellowship, through going to turn about, and through being with Brian. So, uh, so just stick in there and go for it. So how are you feeling after that? Emotional, drained, inspired, hopefully inspired, for that was a man speaking from the heart. I was very impressed and very touched by Ernie's honesty and openness. So how does a young man who has a world at his feet, who has a loving, supporting family by his side and who has the ability to go and make a difference in the world end up in the situations that Ernie described. How do you come back from all of that? As Ernie says, refrain from using drugs or alcohol if that's your thing. And if you need to get some help, go to some sort of rehab, get yourself in there. And then after that, if you need to go to some supported accommodation where people will support and encourage you and build you up, then do that as well. There are people out there who want to help as much as we do here at the Arch. So if that's you, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you and hear about all the good work that's going on around the world. Yeah, I said world. We'll get people now listening from the USA, Ireland and, you know, who knows, maybe from elsewhere. So get in touch with us. Email us at info at scottishchristianalliance.org.uk or connect with us via the website, which is www.scottishchristianalliance.org.uk. You can connect with us by Twitter, which is at archthe, A-R-C-H-T-H-E, or at S-C-A-O-R-G. Assuming you've already subscribed and you're listening regularly now to our podcast, please tell everyone you know to subscribe, to follow us. And please go in and rate us. Uh, we certainly help. We are now on Spotify as well. Uh, so you can get us on Spotify podcast. And hopefully we will be on iTunes very soon. If you would love to support the work that we do here by giving financially, you can do so via our website. You can also leave a comment there. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Brian Reed. Please stay safe and be blessed. <laughs>